Hello there, you fancy choreographers. This is the Fancy Map, the most popular podcast about a 16-team salary cap Superflex Fancy Football League in the Mid-Atlantic region. Its sole purpose is to harass the owners of the league for their very ev- for their every decision, right or wrong. However, we keep breaking our previous week's download record, so it seems our audience has grown a bit more than we expected. Y'all are just as weird as us, it seems. Welcome to the league. Today we have Joe of the Breezewood Nuts, 3-1, Drew of the Darnstown Drews, 2-2, two two, Tyler of the Monocacy Street Meat, 1-3, and, and myself, Byron, owner of the Ionsville Cartographers, 0-4. Oh On this week's episode, the Joes prove they're anything but average, Darling's game comes down to Monday night again, and Mac Jones can't even give me a f***ing week before he embarrasses me. So let's get it over with, why don't you just rip away? Mac Daddy Jones. What a man. What a legend. When he threw that ball across the field the first time and it was successful, I, I literally thought to myself, that's I've never seen that before. And then I was like, if you if you make that throw, you're already frazzled. You know, you no quarterback makes that throw. And I was like, he's gonna do it again a hundred percent what five plays later, interception pick six. Yeah, I think we give a pass to, like, Mahomes because I've seen – right, he's done it a couple times. There's, like, some very, like, real highlights of him going back across the field to, like, Kelsey, right? He gets a pass. It's Patrick Mahomes. Um, <laughs> Mac Jones does not carry that same level of – Mac Jones uh, also doesn't he, – he doesn't yeah, have an sure. arm. He can't throw it across the field. Um, no, the but you noodle, know what he needs? He, he, just, he just needs a top five wide receiver, um, and then, then he'll be good. All right. Now, Joe, welcome to the podcast. It's good to have you on here. I have a real quick question for you before we get into the rest of the episode. You, know, you obviously you lost your first game last week, and now you find out that both your defenses are on bye. I just announced it to the entire league, and I'm kind of wondering where's your head at, and what will you give me to not put two $20 bids on the Jags and the Raiders? Well, thanks, Byron. Great, great to be here uh, on the pod. First time of the season. Um, was kind of hoping that both those defenses being on by would sort of slip under the radar through this podcast, and I could sneak in some waiver bids uh, overnight and steal away with the defense. So, so thanks for that, Byron. Uh, yeah, for, first loss, of course, comes down to Monday night, rooting against pretty much only Geno Smith, and he throws that one touchdown pass, and then leaves with it, leaves with an injury. So, uh, worst case scenario for the Breezewood Nuts for that Monday night game, but. Have to say, still feeling pretty good. Uh, first in the league in points, uh, which I would, you know, listening to the pod beforehand, I'm sure all of you expected. Uh, but, you know, still feeling decently confident. Uh, I think we're a playoff team. I think we're a division-winning team. So uh, uh, bring on the hate. Well said. All right. We're about to get into our game reviews. But, gentlemen, we have our first ad. An ad that I technically didn't produce. So let's give it a shot. Is your husband or boyfriend too obsessed with fantasy football? Always barking at the TV, making messes in the house, humping random bitches? Sounds like a problem a dog trainer would understand. At Fluent Dog, we've been training dogs for years but now we're taking our expertise to an underserved market, Naughty Husbands. Our new husband training course will help you stop that bad behavior. 
With dogs, we prefer to use a reward-based approach, but with husbands, we found that's just too much work. Instead, we rely on our patented husband shaw collars because we want results and fast. Our husband training maxim is, if he doesn't yelp, he still needs help. May cause unwanted side effects such as blurred vision, vomiting, diarrhea, and death. Does not stop husband from making weird podcasts. All right. Now, on to our game reviews. Our first game of the week, uh, Darnstown Drush, uh, kind of taking it to Virginia ground and pound. Uh, it definitely covered the spread here, winning 113 to 90. Um, in spite of the fact that Joe Burrow still looks merely mortal and, and not as, as stellar as he once has. Uh, Virginia ground and pound kind of turning in average performances up and down the board, but still relying on players like KJ Osborne, Alan Lazard, and Jaden Reed at wide receiver to get it done. Um, it's not going to do it. Um, they could use a little more through the air to kind of push them over the top. Uh, we'll see how much longer the Drush can rely on Devon Achan and, uh, you know, Christian Watson and Marvin Mims being in his, his starting lineup. Uh, hopefully the, the time hasn't run out on Achan, but, uh, if Joe Burrow bounces back, this team's going to be a, a force to reckon with, uh, moving on to the second game here, uh, Joe's primo team, uh, highest score of the week, kind of out of nowhere um, after this team has been one and two this season. Uh, but they really ripped off uh, 170.28 over the home run hitters who, you know, 124 points, they would have beat 10 of the other 15 teams in the league this week. Uh, just really unfortunate for Clay. Uh, Ryan Tannehill kind of woke up. Derrick Henry had a great game. And Nico Collins, uh, we'll see how long that lasts, but 32-plus uh, points for him. But really, Joe's Primo team stars kind of did it for him. Anthony Richardson, Christian McCaffrey, um, and, you know, that wide receiver one we could all use on our team, Terry McLaurin, uh, really coming through for, for the Joes this week. Moving on to what wasn't the most riveting scores of the week, but maybe the game of the week, definitely the game of the week, uh, in Fancy Furtworkers, Punk Savani, Pensive Parakeets. This came down to Monday night. It came down to DK Metcalf, who came out and caught a first touchdown really early in that game, got it within five points, and then really never got closer. Um, I was texting Zach throughout this game, and, and that was just really unfortunate. Uh, especially, uh, we'll get to it later with some, some players possibly coming back. That could have been really a, a big boost to get to 2-2. Two and two. Uh, on the flip side of that, uh, maybe the story of the week, one of the stories of the week in my mind, is Philly Citywide throttling Frederick Scrubs um, and going to 4-0. Um, and, and a pretty good performance uh, from Philly Citywide. It would have beaten most teams in the league. So, yeah, he, his team came through, especially with A.J. Brown popping off for 34 points and Lamar Jackson doing early season Lamar Jackson things. But... Frederick Scrubs um, has some some question marks. He could have won this game with the right running back plays and Kyron Williams and Isaiah Pacheco. Can't really fault him for Pacheco. Kyron Williams might have wanted him in there. Um, I would have put him in there uh, over some of the players, but it's tough when you have this many good running backs, right? It, it's not like it's like uh, you can really shame him for getting the wrong start there because um, you have James Cook, Kenneth Walker, and Ramondre Stevenson. Those are all good starts, um, but but those starts on his bench, it's going to be a tough to pick the right running backs all season for Scott. Moving on, 
Monoxy Street Beats lost to the Loose Cannons 68-121. to Oh, Tyler, where do I even begin with your team? We knew it was over the minute Chubb tore his MCL, but watching Gary Brightwell and A.J. Dillon get you 3.5 points combined makes me nauseous. Lineup decisions are basically pointless from here on out, so the only thing left for you is how much you can get for Amon Ross, St. Brown, and Kelsey. For the loose cannons, it's not exactly a fairy tale start to the season at 1-3, but hey, a win's a win. Puka let Chad down last week, but this time he came through in spades. But with Javante's injury and Saquon still on the mend, his running back core is concerning. Especially with Jonathan Taylor returning in the next couple of weeks, threatening his only healthy running back, Zach Moss. Our second game is Vienna Rams are the best, beating the Lewisburg Luchadors 123-89. The matchup against two 3-0 teams ended in a womp womp. Justin Fields finally comes through for the Luchadors with a four-touchdown game, just in time for the rest of his squad to abandon him. I wouldn't be surprised if Kenny Pickett rides the bench for the rest of the season until uh, Russ gets benched himself. Justin's heart probably stopped with when Devontae Adams left the field after trading him last week. Rams are the best ran away with the game with Josh Allen and Justin Jefferson going off. However, there are definitely chinks in this 4-0 team's armor. Only Tyler's running back core is worse, with Jalen Warren and Roshan Johnson as his two starters. And Kyle Pitts just may be bad. Moving on to the Arlington Darlings with, uh, against the Breezewood Nuts. As I mentioned at the top of the show, Arlington takes it with that Geno Smith touchdown Monday night. Also stand-up performances from Khalil Herbert, Stefan Diggs, and Mark Andrews to get them over the hump this week. Uh, Breezewood Nuts, you got to be thinking, you know, what were you guys thinking benching Tampa Bay defense playing against Jameis Wilson, who is a known pick-throwing machine? Uh, on to our last game of the week, Jagannath versus Eisenberg Cartographers. Uh, Jagannath takes this one 114-42. Uh, to 42. Uh, it was 114 points. You know, looks pretty good for Jagannath. When you look a little closer, 33 of those from their defense. So the rest of the team coming in uh, pretty average there. A bad week from Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins. But they've been a good team so far this year, sitting at 2-2. Two and two. As far as the cartographers go, I think the question has to be asked, does Byron have no shame? This is not even peak uh, process Sixers. This is 1899 Cleveland Spiders bad. <laughs> well, well, well everybody is Googling the 1899 Cleveland Spiders and all 100 people downloading this podcast are Googling the 1899 Cleveland Spiders at the same time. I sure am. Now, gentlemen, before we move on to our next segment, I do have another ad and I'm ashamed because I promised when we first got into this, I wasn't going to let, you know, dark money get onto this podcast in a form of advertising. But, well, we've got our first political ad, and honestly, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not liking it. In the golden age of fantasy football, the market decided the value of every player. But then came the rookie draft, a system that took away our freedom to decide, a system that favored the few. While the fat cartographers in Iamsville hoard first-round picks, the rest of us are left to pick up the scraps. It's time to return to a simpler era, an era where you decide the value of a rookie. I remember when rookies got paid what they were worth, when everything was on equal footing. Now, it's a fixed game. Nothing is equal. Losers are rewarded. Let's get rid of the rookie draft. This season, Let's take back control. 
Let's let the market decide. Paid for by the committee for a free fancy market. I'm Commissioner Justin O'Brien, and I approve this message. I don't know. I, I had to take the money. It was too good. But I, I did not approve of this. I don't like this getting rid of the rookie draft. In fact, I think this might have something to do with me, but I, I can't. It's too subtle to be sure. How many total picks are, are the cart cartographers holding on to at the moment? Currently, both 24 and 25? Yeah. I would say 12. We have 12. I would say, I would say 12. <laughs> I would say 12. Would you say 12 or is it 12? It's 12. It's 12. Yeah, there you go. Call first round picks. A few seconds. Yeah, They're all first round, round picks. Yes. Yeah, that's just have, the first rounders. We do have two seconds, but they are tied up in conditional deals. So we're going to need Khalil Herbert to uh, continue his performance that he had last week if we're going to retain two hundred one. All right. Now, moving on. I think one of we're getting to the point of the season where people are starting to overreact. Some ridiculous claims are being made and i want to get your opinions on four topics two of them are nfl wide right don't pertain to our league specifically and then two very much so deal with our league the first one and i'm going to start with you drew is brock purdy already a top five nfl quarterback not a fantasy quarterback an nfl quarterback he isn't he isn't but he's, he's pretty good. He's pretty damn good. I think he's top 10, if I had to say, uh, right now. If, you, if You're hard-pressed to name 10 quarterbacks right now. Um, going back to his, just his whole entire body of work, playing better than him. Um, I think he's, he's, he's inching in in the top 10, um, but not top 5. Would, would you, could you name who you like more than him? I could. Um, still, Joe Burrow um, is on there. Justin Herbert's on there. Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Um, Allen is on there. Um, and then I think you get into, I have to go look at NFL rosters again real quick. Um, Jalen Hurts, we'll obviously. give you a second while you look at it. Jalen Hurts um, would be on that list, right? And uh, then I think, you know, I have to... It gets it gets murky after that. Um, I think you're looking at Tua on that list as well, and maybe is Aaron Rodgers count? Are we counting him? What about Trevor Lawrence? Any love for him here? Or is this year? Just, I uh, just I think this year is putting it down a little bit. I think Tua is that that lit line, and it, it's in the text conversation. There are two other names that I put right with him, right, where he's in that like eight range. Um, Tua and someone else. What about Lamar Jackson, Drew? Yeah, I, 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 he's on that line. That was the other one that I put on that line with him. Lamar, Tua, and, and Brock Purdy. I would take Brock Purdy over Lamar. I'm, I'm in a, I'm, I know I'm in the minority on that for sure, but I just don't think – I think he's shown us enough over his career. So I'll throw one more name, Drew. How about uh, Jared Goff, who's maybe doing mm. as well as Purdy with, with – uh, arguably worse surrounding cast than Purdy has in San Francisco. I love that. I love I love bringing that name in there because that was something that I meant to text the group as well. Um, I I think Jared Goff is still ranked below him, but but it's it's hard pressed. I think you can make an argument. 
that he's also in that same exact, like, nobody wants to believe it. Tua, Jared Goff, Brock Purdy, a lot of people don't want to believe it with all three of these quarterbacks, but they keep showing up, and they keep playing pretty damn well. I mean, I think... CJ Stroud. A little early on that. We're four games in, but he's looked amazing, right? Six touchdowns, more yards, same amount of touchdowns, same amount of interceptions. Listen, off the pod, we were talking about it before. I'm I'm a believer. I had him as my quarterback one, NFL quarterback one, not fantasy quarterback one, coming out of out of this year's draft class. Um, I am obviously not an NFL GM. I'm on a podcast that 125 people listen to every week. Um, however, uh, Drew, like to your point with Brock Purdy being maybe a top five, but definitely a top 10 and conservatively top seven quarterback. Um, it's something that, that I think not just us, but a lot of smart people who pay attention to this, we are in the middle of a like generational shift, um, this year and last year. And I think next year we'll feel and continue to feel really weird, both in the NFL and the fantasy community at large right as we see the top half the top 10 your qb ones your rb ones um really turn over out of the 20 like 19 through 2021 drafts as those quarterbacks and running backs take over so i think purdy being probably third among them behind you know it's not just looking at this season right um i think you you know you still have to put going back to to last season his entire body of work you guys 12 and 0 but it's not just the stats are are decent the stats even if you analyze them at a deeper level um he's completing like over 85 percent of his intermediate throws he's completing over 50 percent um on his career of his long throws with one interception on deep throws um he's making all the throws um he's throwing it into tight windows aaron Rodgers talking about it it's not just us talking about it it's a lot of people being like okay this guy's actually making football plays that are pretty damn it's not just driving a bus um with that said you know it is still early in his career but it's a lot bigger than a, a four-game body of work all right something else to bring up is he's coming off that nasty elbow injury that we suffered in the playoffs from last year i believe it was a ucl which you guys see pitchers in baseball go to a tommy john they're out 12 18 months from from that injury and he's back after what seven months throwing past the nfl and and he's in the we're talking about him as possibly a top five quarterback we're all saying he's not, but just to be in that conversation uh, so soon after that injury is impressive. All right, moving on. Mac Jones will be benched within the month. Tyler, why don't we start with you? Within the month? I mean, he might be benched within the next two weeks. I mean, the Patriots have struggled mightily on offense. Um, it's it's really like if you look around the league. Who else is is down there with them? It's it's the Giants who are missing all but one of the projected starters for their offensive line coming into the year, and and not a lot of other people keeping them company down in the basement. Um, and a lot of that does come into it. It really is going to fall at, at Mac Jones's feet. We saw him struggle mightily last year, and we all chalked it up to the the mess in the offensive coordinator situation. But he's had time now to progress. Um, they're giving him easy looks, and he's just holding the ball too long, even when he's had the the protection there. Um, you saw it in the two the two throws he he attempted and uh, completed the first one all the way across the wrong side of the field, going back the other way. The first one, um, and this isn't my original take, Byron. You said this before we were on. Like the fact that he's even trying that 
means that he's given up. He's desperate. And then you knew like he lined up to take the second attempt to go back to the same, like look all the way back across the field. And anybody watching that game just took a deep breath in and was like, well, that ball is going to the wrong team. Byron, what do you, what, what's Reed your take did. on this one? It, it's over for him. With Mac Jones, I'm feeling like, okay, Dallas defense, very good. And he just got frazzled. I think, I think what we saw is that he was completely overmatched and just got into his head very early. The Patriots' game plan is obviously to run the ball, to try to keep the scores low. And when Dallas offense came out and ran the score up very quickly and it required Mac Jones to make a lot of throws that he's not comfortable with, then all of a sudden things fell apart. I don't think he's going to get benched this season. I think it's going to be fine in the long run. His backup is Bailey Zappi, who the Patriots felt very comfortable with cutting at the end of preseason. Now, granted, they got him back to renew, they get a different contract, but still I think that speaks volumes of where they feel his backup is, right? So I think he's it's completely fine, but I, I am interested in what the rest of your yeah. takes are. I, I think not in the, over the next month, and, and part of that is because if you look at their schedule, you have two games where I don't think he's going to get benched, the Saints and the Raiders. Um, and then you have two games where I think you're going to be kind of feeling the same way you felt after the Cowboys game, right? The Bills and the Dolphins, um, where it's like they might get run off the, the field in those games, sure, but th- their team should get run off the field. Um, so I don't – I'm, I'm more with, with Byron here in terms of I don't think he's going to get benched, at least in that period of time. Bill Belichick, though, is a wild card, and he will bench you um, if, if you perform that poorly. Um, and so I don't think you get, you're in your third year. We're getting to the point where I think after this season, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to hold on to Mac Jones' stock after this season. Um, I'm not confident he'll be a quarterback going into next. I'm not ready to say he's going to be benched this season though. I mean, we're going to let Joe go here in just a second, but you mentioned two teams that you'd be our, like new Orleans has been a well above average defense uh, this year and has given quarterbacks trouble who are out, outside the caliber of of mac jones so i mean this stretch coming up yeah the raiders are a break but max crosby might actually kill him on the field where he stands so and i think if you're gonna if you're gonna bench a quarterback you're not gonna bring your backup for the game that's harder right you're gonna bring your backup into maybe the easier game give him one let him get his feet wet then say okay now you're facing the the, the bills defense and not that's not you know, you're not coming out of the bullpen in the second half trying to salvage something you're gonna maybe ease bailey zappy into that role so uh, well, actually, I don't. I don't see the Patriots starting Zappy, and it's coming from someone who some, coming from someone who watched zero of that New England Cowboys game on Sunday. Uh, another point I like to make is, you know, look back to the 2021 NFL Draft, and I I had Bailey, um, not Bailey Zappy, Mac Jones as my number one quarterback to have in that in that draft, uh, because he's going into a good situation, and at least we would think in in New England. Tom Brady just left. They should have a good stable of talent there, an offensive system there, and he really just has not performed. Uh, in the fantasy sense to what you'd expect from a New England quarterback. Moving on to our next topic, and this is completely related to our league. My, the Cartographers, that is, tanking strategy, has created the most even fantasy map season ever. Joe, why don't we, why don't we start with you? Sure, I'll take this one first. And I'm going to say this absolutely not is not the case as to why this is the most even uh, fantasy season in, in, in map here. So thinking this is year three after the league expanded to 16 teams, 
So now we're rolling off of all those contracts that were decided between 14 members, not not 16. So just that alone is going to give us more balance. Uh, I don't think that one more person participating in the auction would have raised prices at any significant amount. I think everyone, you know, had their limits on guys. I don't I don't see one person uh, changing it. Maybe one or two guys, you know, like maybe Drew getting at Clifford Chief at the start of the draft. That That's one of them that maybe changes. But I don't think that it changes too much as far as uh, what – at least the market would have said for value of players. Drew? Um, I, I'll go with two answers to this. One, yes, um, in the immediate term. right? Philly Citywide is 4 now. Philly Citywide might be 1-3 and three or 0-4 oh if it wasn't for that trade. Um, I think one. In, I think they, they'd, be, they'd be worse if it wasn't for that trade. I think um, a, a sizable amount worse, at least two, probably 2-2. Two and two. Um, Regardless... That's a big change, right? I think you see that throughout the league where a lot of the teams that were a little bit below par are, you know, the Luchadors have Devontae Adams. You know, I think that's spreading it around to a lot of players. Arlington Darlings won a game this week. They're 2-2. Two and two. They would be 1-3 and three definitely if they didn't get Khalil Herbert, right? Um, so from that perspective, um, yes. Um, but I think it's also important to keep in mind that um, I came I came here. You guys don't know this, but I actually I'm not Drew that you know. I am Drew from 2026, and I come here to tell you that yes, he created the most even uh, fantasy season ever. He's also created two of the most devastatingly lopsided. There is one team that is competing in 2026. There is one 14 and 0 juggernaut of a team that is going to be a juggernaut in 2027 and eight as well. We're all fucked. Uh, so, so he created this, this little cute, somewhat even season of mediocrity for us and then, and then took our lunch money, took our lunch, took our lunch money and ran, ran very, very, very far, far, far away. Um, I mean, I, you've heard me allude to it like over the past, uh, couple weeks that I've been on, um, it, yes, you bowing out of this season, um, certainly has shifted things towards, um, you know, the remaining 15 teams having having money um, or their dollars going a little farther, right? However, like, we are also in the middle of, like I've pointed out, a, a shift in, like, where the talent is. And um, to Joe's point, we went from 14 teams to 16 teams two years ago. So as both the, the fantasy world shifts and our league finishes this rotation, um, I think we just end up in this very weird, um, unpredictable point in fantasy. Um, we still have 4-0 teams. We still have teams who are really struggling. Um, I mean, you had multiple teams put up less than 100 points this week, and there were no buys. Um, our scoring average is, is down from last year. Um, this week it was 107. In years past on non-buy weeks, it's been closer to like 115 and 120. So... We're just in the middle of a, a rotation, not. I, I don't think you actually shifted things that much. Plus, people had strategies that they've laid out for years to get to this point. This isn't just a, a redraft league. So That's ridiculous. I have saved the league. Moving on to the next, <laughs> next topic. And our final one. Congrats. There's multiple star players coming off of the pup list this week, or at least in the next couple of weeks. And I'm interested in if said players will save the team or save the season of the team that they're on. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to give each one of you a player 
and you're going to give me your response. We're going to start with you, Drew. The Jagoffs are 2-2, two and two, and they just got Alvin Kamara back. Now, technically, this wasn't a pup list. This was a suspension. However, I'm going to include it in this list. Does Alvin Kamara save Jagoff season? You're on mute. You're going to tell him he's on mute, yeah. No, um, I, I don't think it does um, for, for multiple reasons. Um, one, if Jagadoff makes a run, it's going to be because somehow Garrett Wilson and Jalen Waddle became wide receiver ones, and that does not seem feasible with Zach Wilson, but Zach Wilson was playing football last week, so who knows, right? Um, and, and Zay Flowers, right? That's going to be his strength. Kamara will be a piece of that, a small piece. Um, but, uh, I, I don't think this team's going to turn around. I don't, I don't think that they're a good solid foundation, right? I, I like what they have going forward. This team is always going to be a two-year project. All right, Joe, you're next. Fancy footwork should get Jonathan Taylor back. They're one in three right now and in desperate, a desperate situation. They need a running back. Does Jonathan Taylor save their season? I wouldn't say saves their season, but I would say it makes us a more complete team for sure. Right? Look at they started Keontae Ingram, who put up a big fat goose egg at running back last week. Add Jonathan Taylor to that mix, and and you know this not only do they win that game, but they're they're probably are closer to our league average of 107 points uh, with last week's score. So while I don't want to say it saves their season, it certainly makes them a a competitive team every week rather than uh, a week a team everyone's looking forward to play. Tyler, your last. And again, this is technically an IR, so not a pup, I think. However, grounded pounds are one and three, and they get Cooper Cup, who they spent a lot for in the offseason. Does this save their season? I mean, I think save is the wrong word, right? I think, you know, for for the ground and pound, it it's gonna be an uphill battle regardless if if Daniel Jones performs the way he's performed this season, um, and he never gets another another quarterback that being said um it does absolutely i alluded to this when i when i covered this game earlier it it fills a massive void in their roster with lazard osborne Jaden reed deandre carter demarcus robinson trey it, it gets bad right like the longer i read this is not a great wide receiver core um and adding just a, a top tier talent like cooper cup i know i'm on many podcasts and on the record um, as believing that the oldest guy in the room might not be the one you want, but the talent is undeniable and we've seen what Puka's done in this system. Yeah. I think this can, can, can really help Tim. I mean, get to that hundred, 105, 110 point mark week in and week out. And now you're talking about a competitive team, if not a league winning team, right? So save no, but, but salvage. Sure. All right, gentlemen, we're about to get into our week five predictions, but first we have our last ad of the session. Hi, this is Taylor Swift, and I have an important PSA. DeAndre Swift is currently running back 10. He is only $35 and has three years left on his contract. Consider me a Swifty. Unfortunately, I can't trade for him, but you can. Don't let this love story pass you by. I just want to say thank you so much to Taylor Swift for uh, for 
putting out that ad for us. Obviously, we're hoping that she does for what our podcast or what she did for Kelsey's career. Uh, now, if you are interested in getting your league mates to hear your trade block on our podcast, by all means, in our show notes, you'll see an email that you can come out and contact us with. If you put out a comment and a rating uh, for our pod, then we will absolutely play your uh, podcast and we'll say whatever you want for us. Uh, because that's what we're kind of... Oh. We won't say, okay, Tyler's indicating me that we're not going to say whatever. We're going to use our best judgment, which is probably a good thing to say. But we will be, we will say mostly whatever you want. All right, that feels like everyone's down with that. Tyler, it looks looks like he has a bad headache. Uh, Maybe it was because of that bad Swift impersonation. Moving on, let's get into our week five predictions. And first up, we have Imesville Cartographer's. 0-4 0-4 versus the Fancy Footwork, 1-3. and three, And the Footwork are 52-point favorites. I don't think there's much to say here, boys. Right? I, I, I got, what, Boyle as my quarterback? It really doesn't matter who, what Fancy Footwork runs out there. They're almost certainly going to win. So, yeah, I think we probably move on. Joe, why don't you give us the next game? Sure. So we have the Monocacy Street meet facing their home run hitters. Uh, current spread is at 8.5 points in favor of their home run hitters. If I were a betting man, I'm taking the under in this game. Matchup of one and three teams, both of whom are in the bottom half of the league and points put up. Uh, looking through these lineups, I mean, both have some good players. Street meet with Jalen Hurts, home run hitters with Derrick Henry. But uh, I'm not seeing enough on the street meet side to, to compete here. I think I'm going home run hitters, and I will take the spread. Yeah, next game we have the Vienna Rams are the best uh, going up against the Virginia aforementioned Virginia ground and pound. Um, oh, the, the spread here is minus 15, I think. At least it was on the site. On on our thing, it's it's minus 15 as well. Um, seems about right. And that minus 15 is a noticeable minus 15, right? That is about just uh, what one Cooper Cup looks like. Um, and if you plug in Cooper Cup... Uh, into this lineup, and if he plays, all of a sudden, this game is dead heat. And I think that's about right, right? Jalen Warren and Roshan Johnson, the running backs for Dave are as about as big of a gap as the the the, the wide receivers uh, for for Virginia ground and pound going up against Justin Jefferson, Devontae Smith, and Tank Dell, right? And so it really comes down to does, to me, does Cooper Cup play? Um, I don't think I'm going to be betting that he does. I think Dave's going to win, uh, even if Cooper Cup plays. Maybe they, they ease him back into it um, because I think uh, if I saw Sean McVay saying we don't want him just to be back to playing, we want him back to Cooper Cup. Makes me think there's one more week and that's what I would be as a betting man. Um, if Cooper Cup played, I think this is a dead heat. I'm taking Rams are the best. Uh, not to cover the spread, though. Just to win. Yeah, in our next game, we have uh, the Manny Young Loose Cannons against Joe's Primo team. Uh, the Joes are favored here by 12 points. Um, and that's largely on the backs of Tua, Anthony Richardson, and Christian McCaffrey. Uh, when... Maybe the loose cannons are, seems like they're likely to get Saquon back. Um, and, you know, Javante Williams went out with that injury uh, in the game last week. So this running back core a little banged up, and now you're relying on Zach Moss. Um, the receivers definitely tilt towards uh, the loose cannons here with uh, Olave and Puka going up against Brandon Cooks, Josh Downs, and Terry McLaurin. But I think overall Joe's 
the Joe's team's floor is just a nudge higher. And I think that's what's going to tilt it his way is that you're not going to see, you know, the, the odds of getting a zero out of uh, CMC are, are pretty darn low. Maybe you won't have 45 again, but this is a one and three team in the loose cannons. So give me the Joes. I'll even take the points here. Next up, we got Jagunov playing against Puckstani Pensive Parakeets. Uh, Jagunov two and two, Parakeets three and one. Spread favors Pensive Parakeets by 17 points. I think looking up and down this roster, uh, I got to favor the Pensive Parakeets here. Jagunov gets Alvin Kamara back this week, likely Jalen Waddle back as well. But last week, a really uninspiring performance up and down the roster, except for that Baltimore Ravens defense uh, playing Pittsburgh this week. So likely going to put up a lot of points again. Uh, they also have Kirk Cousins, uh, Minnesota playing Kansas City, and looks likely to be a shootout. But I don't think it's enough. I think that the Parakeets roster here is too strong with Mahomes, Raheem Mostert, Tony Pollard, Hopkins, Ridley. Uh, they're a good team. I think they win, and I think they cover. Next up. We're going to pour out a little bit of liquor for Mike Ryan's team going up against Frederick Scrubs. This is just sad. It's just sad when this happens to a team, but he's got his two quarterbacks on a bye week. He's got two of his running. He's got Mari Cooper on a bye week. He's got Zach Charbonnet on a bye week. He doesn't even have players he can throw in there. Uh, this is, uh, I think, a get-right game for Frederick Scrubs. He just caught Mike Ryan on a, on a bad week, and uh, it's, I'll, I'll take the 20 points. I would double it. Yeah, 20 points and double, it seems, just about right here. Um, for the next game here, we've got Lewisburg Luchadors facing off against the Darnstown Droosh. Lewisburg Luchadors favored by four and a half points, sitting at three and one. Uh, the Droosh uh, sitting at two and two, but coming off a couple good wins here. Um, honestly, you know, finally, Russell Wilson and Justin Fields both going to be in uh, in the lineup for the Luchadors, maybe this will be the correct quarterback conversation or combination uh, that can carry him through at least the first half of the season. Um, these wide receivers are are pretty evenly matched with Adams, Debo Samuel, and Pickens. Uh, we'll see if Debo actually both goes and is productive in the game. Um, he had that rib injury going into this past weekend. Uh, uh, I mean, he was a decoy at best. Um, I do, I do think that hurts the Luchadors um, combined with, you know, relying on Gus Edwards and while well, Damian Pierce has been fine, uh, I'll take the upside on ETN uh, in what should be a high-scoring game in Buffalo and HN in what should be a dominant performance by Miami over the Giants. Uh, give me the Droosh in a, in a small upset here. And for our game of the week, we've got the Breezewood Nuts 3-1 and versus... Philly citywide four and zero, oh, and I've got the matchup as even. And I've already alluded to the biggest factor in this game. Both of the defenses for the Nuts are on by this week. It'll be very interesting to see how free agency plays out tomorrow morning, as our free agency doesn't is tran the transactions process at four uh, nine a.m. in the morning. Gentlemen, what are your thoughts here? Joe, it's your game. Let's start with you. All right, so first off, uh, you know, no defense. The Breeze would nuts as of now. But Philly Citywide playing the Vikings defense, who's playing Kansas City. So I'm going to say that may be a wash. I think Kansas City puts up a lot of points on the Vikings to the point where it, they're really fantasy irrelevant. Uh, but the rest of this game, I think, is pretty close. You know, I think we have 
two mediocre quarterbacks for both teams with Stafford and Goff in the nuts and Lamar Jackson and Jordan Love on the Philly Citywide. Uh, Lamar Jackson facing that Pittsburgh defense, which has been pretty good so far this year. Uh, nuts missing a few guys due to buys, having to start Devin Singletary um, uh, because um, we're missing uh, Jerome Ford due to a buy, along with uh, Mike Evans, who's missing due to injury anyway. Uh, but, you know, kept against myself, guys. I'm taking the nuts here. Um, and I would lock it in if we were doing that still. So uh, so give me the nuts. Even though it was just a t- toss-up, I'll lock it in. I'm feeling confident. Drew, two two long touchdowns to Tyree Keel as well. Drew, I just want to ask you a quick question. Would you – you're Philly City-wide. You've got Minnesota Vikings and the Los Angeles Rams as your defenses. Would you drop a defense to prevent him from getting a defense? Um, I'm trying to think what the worst advice. No, no, I would just stand tight. Um, Philly citywide, I would drop Lamar Jackson and pick up a defense. Maybe drop Jordan Love. Do whatever you need to do to lose. I'm sick of you winning. Lose. Just, just lose. Go nuts. So Go is, nuts. isn't it our league rule that any, any team can only have two defenses on the roster? Yeah. So with two defenses, the Philly City Water cannot pick up a third defense. Okay, fine. Drop Lamar Jackson and Minnesota D and pick up a defense, just to be sure. So you have enough salary, right? Make sure you get the salary that you need. Spend eighty dollars on a defense. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go nuts. To uh, to remind the audience, by the way, Drew has. The Philly City Wide's first Let's round. Let's go pick. nuts. Let's go this. nuts. This is really sad to watch this team before now. It's heartbreaking. Tyler. The the smarter move is to ensure that you get a defense by dropping one of yours and bidding an astronomical amount on it. Because while you can only have two, it doesn't mean you couldn't swap one of yours, which would prevent them from being picked up until the following week. Um, but in reality, I honestly worry on the nuts side about game scripts causing some low-scoring performances by both their quarterbacks um, and several of their wide receivers, right? You have um, you know, Tyreek Hill, Durham Smythe, uh, and I hate to say it, but even Marquise Brown, um, and then with, with Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff, like, yes, Stafford could be throwing a lot to come back in that Philly game, or it could be so bad that he's out. Uh, I really Are you predicting Arizona blowing out Cincinnati? I'm not against it. Just... We're going to get to that in just a second. Um, until I see something from Cincinnati that looks like a pulse. Um, I, I'm, I'm, look, I'm watching. Hang. Let me put game. some context. I am watching Jimmy Garoppolo's injury report and contemplating starting Jimmy Garoppolo over Joe Burrow. So, yeah. No, I hear you. Right. Right. Like, like there are some real possibilities that a lot of his that the nuts star players just don't put up points because their teams are actually in such positive game scripts going into the the middle of the third and fourth quarter that you know it it becomes unnecessary for them to keep playing. Um, so yeah, I'd I'd be really concerned about that, uh, but you know it it's still a toss up. On the other side, Philly Citywide has Cam Akers in at running back. Um, still not ready to rely on like trick or treat cam makers here. Um, it seems like it's, it's all ones and tens with him. Yeah. Uh, who do you put in though? No, no, no. I completely agree. I just worry that like, you know, if you're looking for weakness on each side, that, that and the juju spot, um, could sink Kyle just the same way that the nuts could get sank. So, um, I still lean Kyle, but 
it, it's close, but I just think that the that the citywide are gonna be able to carry Let's the day. Let's go nuts! All right, our podcast is winding down. Drew, who was the side pot winner last week? Don't you have to play the clip? Well, I don't have the clip for the side pot winner of last week. I just well, our guest, our guest was the winner, um, and uh, they won with Tyreek Hill. Uh, no, not Tyreek Hill. Um, I, I, I forget who. A lot of 30-year-old old folks were on his team, and uh, including Mike Mike Evans and a quarterback and a kicker, Nick Folk, and someone else. Um, so there you go. The Breezewood Nuts uh, won the side pot last week. Well said. For, for a better summary of that, uh, Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff, Adam Thielen, Tyreek Hill, it's not Tyreek Hill, uh, <laughs> Mike Evans and Nick Folk were the players carrying that for the nuts, all over 30. Uh, uh, old men represent. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll Jared Goff was not, small was not consolation. one of those. Just FYI, Jared Goff feels like he's over 30, uh, but he's still you still want it, like though. Don't 30. worry. You still want it. You still <laughs> want it. But Goff is still 28. Um, he does feel like he's old. There's a lot of players, by the way. When going through that, there were so many players where I was like, like, Kamara, you've got to be... No. Like, this, you keep seeing these players that have been around forever, and they're still 29. Makes me feel very old at 34. Jared mm-hmm. Goff is 21. Next, week, next week's side pot is straight cash, homie. How do you pay, man? Uh, if you don't write checks, how do you pay these guys? Straight cash, homie. <laughs> Yes, yes it is. This is the uh, award for highest scoring starter with a salary of $8 or less. Straight cash, homie. This is my award, y'all. This is the one I've been preparing for. This is the one where ETN, where Devon HN, where Christian Watson, come through for me. Brock Purdy, come through for me. So I'm picking. I'm going to win this award. All right, Tyler. I mean, I'm, I'm going to pick whatever team uh, Amon Ra St. Brown ends up on, um, whether that's mine or someone else's. So, coming in just under the line at $7. $7 for $7. one of the top 10 wide receivers in the NFL. Come on, guys. Open up your wallets. Let's go. Well, let's win a championship, right? Do you want uh, Philly Citywide's first? So, so I'm going to go with myself here again, you know, the podcast guest. I, I got to pick for myself here. And I'm going to say Nick Folk takes this one. The kicker for the uh, Tennessee Titans playing indoors in Indianapolis. The Titans offense that gets the red zone and stalls out. He kicks five field goals, puts up 15 points, and wins this side pot for me. That, mm-hmm. Well said. Gentlemen, that's our podcast. I hope you win your week's. Unless, yeah, I actually just hope you win your weeks. I hope everything goes well. To our extended audience, thank you for listening. Remember, if you do drop a like and leave a comment, we will have an email address at the bottom of the show notes so that you can send us a clip or just tell us what to say. And as long as it's not offensive, we'll probably play it. I'm coming out of my draft and I've been doing just fine. Gotta, gotta do well because I want it all. It started out with a trade. How did it end up like this? It was only a trade. It was only a trade. Now I'm watching the game, but I'm scoring nothing. While he's dropping the ball, it's running it back. Now they're both of my team and my stomach is